I V M. Welcome to the second episode of Edges and Sledges, where three ordinary cricket fans talk weekly about the happening in the world of cricket. My name is DJ Chuck. I'm a blogger based in London, and my co-bloggers Varun Garg and Ashwin Garg are based in Singapore and Toronto, respectively. Um, it's our second episode this week, and uh, we like to kind of cover three topics. The first one was the Nidaha series update. The second one was the BCCI award of contracts, and the third one is what happened in the recently concluded first test between South Africa and Australia. Um, Without much further ado, I'll um, hand over to my co-blogger Ashwin to just give us a update on what's been happening um, in the Nidaha series. Um, three matches have been played, and um, the uh, e- each team has won one one game. Um, and Ashwin will tell us a little more about that. Yeah, thanks, DJ. So good morning from Toronto. Um... It, so, like he said, it's Sunday, so we're halfway through the tournament. Six games, six group games, and then a final is the structure. We're done three of the group games, and counter to what anybody expected, we are tied at one game apiece. So, the, the simple summary of what happened is Sri Lanka beat India, India beat Bangladesh, and then Bangladesh had a, had a massive run chase to defeat Sri Lanka. So, all three teams are tied at one apiece. I'm just going to pop up a graphic that shows the points table, um, and then we'll just do a quick rundown of some of the highlights, and then we'll get some thoughts from you guys on... Uh, what you thought were what were great or not. So the first match was um, Sri Lanka, India versus Sri Lanka. You know, last week in our first ever episode, we all came in with the mindset that you know this is going to be a bit of a of a crappy series. India's playing half a second string side. We're using this to try out players. It was not worthwhile after India's tour to South Africa. And the reality is, Sri Lanka came in there and 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 crushed India. Um, you know, Dhawan was able to. Um, rack up 90 runs and just 49 balls, but really the rest of the batting collapsed. Um, and then uh, unexpectedly, Kusal Pereira, who's been stellar in both their games so far, he came in, scored 66 of 37 runs, really took all the, the Indian bowlers to the cleaner, really made Rohit feel the lack of Bhuvi and Bumrah, um, you know, who've become to become mainstays in, uh, in for, the, for the Indian quick bowling lineup. And then, you know, day one of the tournament on it on this past tuesday sri lanka had their one win you know they're playing at home it was fantastic for the crowd everybody was excited but it also meant there's some uh, life in the next few matches where india needed to come out and shine the second match was um india versus bangladesh you know i think the right the line i read there was there was uh, there's more life in a in a dumpster fire than in this match because it was one of those exceptionally boring matches those are not my words i'm just quoting somebody from twitter but um, exceptionally boring match. Bangladesh batted first, uh, racked up 139 for eight in 20 overs. I mean, seven runs and over in a T20 match is just not enough anymore. So 139 for eight, India chased that down again. Dhawan came to the party. Um, you know, what was good in that one was three wickets for Onadkat and two wickets for Vijay Shankar, who we'll talk about a little bit more. I'm excited about this young talent. He's a, he's a, a you know, sort of Hardik Pandya 2.0. Uh, even though he's 27, but good backup option as a as an all, as a fast bowling all rounder. And then finally, in the third match, which was the probably the most exciting one, even though India was didn't feature in it, Sri Lanka um, 
batted first. Again, great knock by Kosel Barrera. Um, racked up 214, I think it was, 210-plus runs. Um, Bangladesh started the chase strong and just never never let it slip. I mean, openers batted well, and then Mushfikur came in, finished it with a phenomenal 72 not out and 35 balls, and Bangladesh was celebrating their first win after a series of losses. So where we are now, each team plays each other team again once next week. Um, and essentially, whoever wins uh, two of their matches is going to go through, and then it's, the last one is going to become a knockout. So, you know, from my perspective, went into this Tri-Series, not really excited about it. We thought, okay, maybe it's a little bit of IPL prep. Um, but now it's kind of it kind of brings back, hey, this is why Tri-Series are more exciting than bilateral series, because a bilateral series can get 3-1 or 4-1 with three matches left, and there's, you know, they're dead rubbers, as they call it. Whereas here, we're halfway through, and every other game is exciting and has something on the line. So I'll pass it on to, to Varun if you have any comments or thoughts? No, I think it's in. I think good summary. I think it's interesting. Any other three teams that would have been playing, we would have probably been a little more excited. Uh, it's just a bit unfortunate. I think the sad thing for us, at least in Singapore, and I know a lot of people in India, is uh, it's not being telecast that uh, that easily. So a lot of us in Singapore are, are having a tough time finding where to watch the How match. How are you watching it, Varun? Uh, just you know, quick info, following it on the comments and things like that. Uh, but to be honest, to be honest, it, it's late here, so um, I, I think in anticipation of IPL, I'm kind of warming up, getting enough rest. So, so the series is not as big for me. Um, but yeah, I think just one comment from my side. I think I was personally very excited to see Rishabh Pant play, um, and I was a bit disappointed because I, I've seen him play for Delhi previously. I've been following him a bit in the Ranji uh, tournament. Um, and and to me, both kind of him and Raina in the team was was a good sign. However, both of them were so nervous, um, and I think nervous is the right word to use. In fact, Pant may have even played a match losing knock in the beginning. Um, so so I think that was interesting. I think it's it's early days. So to all the followers, please don't jump to any conclusions. I think Pant is a talent. I think he is the future of uh, limited overs cricket for India. But um, but but yeah, look, Dhoni Dhoni didn't have the best of starts for his international career. Neither did Kohli. So give him some time. But I think what I want to see is him being a little more calm at the crease. And the same goes for Aina. These guys uh, these guys are talent. They 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 will have a place in the team. But it's just uh, it's just about calming the nerves. Because DJ, yeah, Rishabh Pant. I was going to say holds the record for the fastest T20 hundred in India, right? Thirty one yeah. balls, which is uh, I mean, it's amazing and. He's uh, he's played a couple of games. I think I want to say in the West Indies. He played a couple of one-day games in the West Indies. He didn't do too well there either. I know we've talked a lot about him. We've talked him up quite a lot. Um, DK is the other wicketkeeper in the, in the team, but maybe he's. I don't know. Maybe Pant is feeling the pressure of expectations. He's been touted as the uh, next in line to the wicketkeeping. Um, um, role for India, Dhoni's kind of successor or heir in some ways, big hitting batsman. But I, what I found interesting was I think um, Pant batted at number five in the first game, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he they pushed him up uh, the order in the second game, and I think that's that's his place. I mean, yes, he didn't fire in the second game, admittedly, but he's not. I don't think he because we watched him against spin, and he didn't look like a batsman who was comfortable starting against spin. I think he's an opening batsman. I, I watched him, I think, a couple of years ago in the Under-19 World Cup. I, in the final, I think he got stumped of a fast bowler. Uh, but he opened the batting, I think. Um, um, and he's he's an opening bat. And yes, our opening combination is very settled. Obviously, when Kohli comes back, he batted three. But uh, but uh, Pant, I think, needs to be given more chances up the order. 
to allow him the opportunity to uh, just express himself, go out there and play without fear. And I mean, who knows? He may be the next Adam Gilchrist. It's early days yet, but uh, left-handed, big-hitting batsman, um, successor to one of the greatest keepers India's had. I mean, Gilchrist came after Healy, who was a great keeper by himself. So there are a lot of similarities there. And I mean, for Indian cricket fans, one can only hope that he goes out, he goes on and does uh, and achieves great things for Indian cricket. So hopefully he will fire soon. Um, I hope the selectors should uh, keep faith in him. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll see, right? I just want to add one point. I think there's also too much pressure on the big hitting. I think for the last two months, everyone's just been saying there's no big hitter, there's no big hitter, there's no big hitter. Yeah. Suddenly you've got guys like Manish Pandey, Raina and uh, Pant all coming in. And single-minded focus is, can I hit the six? I think uh, I think it's, it's pressure that has been put on them. I think... The reality is there is no slot open. And so, they, the way I see it, every time they're going out to bat, they're very conscious that I need to clear the boundary. Um, and um, I was just going to ask you a question. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, who is the big Indian hitter? I mean, we had we watched the IPL, right? And you see all these big hitting uh, foreigners like Chris Gale, Brendan McCullum. Um, you've got, I don't know, other, other, Shane Watson, Lynn. These guys are all, they're all the, Glenn Maxwell, yeah, uh, they're all, they're all foreign, foreign players. Who are the big Indian hitters? Like, Rena is one of them, maybe, uh, for CSK, which is making a comeback. But they, Kohli's, well, Kohli's a number three or opening bat. He isn't a big hitter, per se. When you think of Kohli, you don't think of him as being a big hitter. Uh, but India is lacking, I think, as you say, big hitters, domestic big hitters. Even the IPL hasn't shown up those many. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, the one that we were all hoping would do well was Yusuf Pathan, but we know how that story is gone. Um, Hardik Pandya, I think, is is the one who but should have been the big hitter. In his half, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what he can hit. No, Pandya to me is supposed to play that role, right? Seven, number seven. Let's groom him to play a number seven. Let's not need him to come in and hit uh, 90, 90 odd runs in a test match after the top order collapse. Let's really stay focused on having him play. Those, that big hitting sort of number seven role. You know, this is sort of a, a, another question I had that I wanted to throw out to you guys is with Pant sort of being an example of an opening batsman who we sent in at five, then you can go down the list and keep going. Okay, we've said Rahane and Rahul, both top three batsmen. We tried Rahane at five. It's worked sometimes, it hasn't. Then you look at Shreyas Ayer and Karun Nair and some of these other guys. Like, is the domestic system in India just grooming top three batsmen because they've realized, hey, if your top three are Dhawan, Rohit and Kohli, five, six, seven, like Jadhav has played so many matches, but such few innings, right? Um, your five, six, seven may not get a chance to bat four, five, six matches in a row and suddenly they'll have to come in after a collapse and beat it. So is, and beat the ball around the park. So is, is the system set up to basically bring in hundreds of top order batsmen and nobody at five, six, seven? And should we then be valuing a Manish Pandey and a Hardik Pandey are a little better because they can be groomed to be committed five, six, seven. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, let me take that first. I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, on an annual basis, uh, the training that is delivered is for the top three or four. I think that the challenge comes in is if you look at India cricket, uh, again, on a bilateral series basis, the top three are winning you most games. The problem comes is in multi-nation uh, tournaments. Uh, I am a firm believer that to win a multi-nation tournament like a World Cup or an IC Champions Trophy, it is your number five, six and seven who are going to win it for you. And I just want to point out the example of the 2011 World Cup. Uh, no matter how great Sachin, uh, Sehwag, Gambhir and Kohli were as the top four, 
the guys who were winning the quarter final the semi final and the final were yuvraj singh uh, ms dhoni and suresh raina so your 5 6 7 are very crucial in a bilateral series the pressures of your top 3 have more time i think the odi game has also evolved a little bit in the last 5 6 years but but yeah absolutely i think the second point is uh, if you don't test your hitters in the ipl where are you going to test them and like we said all of them are foreigners so um, so it's going to be an interesting debate like we said we got only 13 months to sort this out but uh, but yeah dj i don't know if you have any thoughts and then we can lead into the contract renewals i was actually thinking wider in terms of world cricket who are the good 5 6 7 batsmen i mean maxwell is one of them right australia yeah. who which other teams have got well england have got england are doing really well in in one day cricket because they've got yeah. moin yeah. ali ben stokes yeah so maybe, maybe that is the key i mean maybe yeah. that's going to be the key as you say in uh, even the world cup for a long tournament for one or two games your top 3 might win you for a one and a half two month tournament your 5 6 7 are crucial Uh, Australia's got Maxwell. Uh, South Africa this time showed it with uh, with uh, Miller, Klassen. Um, uh, England has got the Stokes and Moin Ali, as you said. So I think I think that there is a challenge here for England. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We can chat more in detail about that later. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, anything else on this series, guys? Any other thoughts on our spinners, our bowling? Um, I mean, it's an it's a weird kind of series, and isn't it? It's kind of T twenty games, try series, and I take responsibility for my comment last week. I mean, you guys have been, but I I was the one who said that um, it's a warm up for the IPL. Um, in some ways, it still is um, with the big players rested, Bumrah, Bhuvi, um, but it's a big opportunity for people like Pandey. I think Pandey uh, with his hundred in Australia a couple of years ago, I thought was going to be the guy for uh, middle order. but he struggled i think not even as a big hitter just to rotate the strike he he's been struggling um pant played as you said much in the last um i think there's work to be done uh, jadav obviously varun's got some pretty strong views on his <laughs> talent um but um yeah that is i think 567 crucial uh, to nail down before the world cup um Good. i think that kind of wraps up this point doesn't it guys um Yeah, let's pivot to the the second topic, which was uh, BCCI contract. So, I, um, Varun, do you want to take that one away? Yeah. So, so this is exciting for me, right? Because, like we are saying, uh, this kind of sets the scene for the next twelve uh, months. Uh, it's interesting. I was reading somewhere about the contract renewal. The Nashin, uh, I'm not sure if you have the the slide up. Yeah. But uh, apparently, Dhoni and Kohli got together uh, with the selection uh, committee, and they had a huge say in. in who um, in who gets what contract i think firstly the standout point to me was anyone who's playing all three formats gets the top grade so your kohli rohit dhawan uh, bhuvi and bumrah uh, all three are playing all three formats of the game rohit is debatable in test but uh, but look these guys are the mainstay of your team um so it's interesting they've got the 7 crore contracts what i found very interesting is the 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 a grade so a plus we've covered the a grade it's um it's got a good mix but there are two names there who are standing out and i think they deserve it ashwin and jadeja i think they've kind of been sidelined completely um to most people it's a bit unfair i think um they, they deserve it look uh, in a test match whether it's india or abroad i think these two guys have played a huge role in us being number one i think um, dj mentioned it last time in england odi itself will be interesting to see do the do you play kuldeep and chahal or do you play ashwin and jadeja or do you play a combination of any one of these four so i was happy to kind of see that 
um dhoni of course being dhoni is in the a grade so so no no debate there from my perspective but interesting to see saha there because uh by seeing his name there to me it, it's kind of indicative that over the next 12 months we're traveling to england australia and new zealand i think there's no doubt that saha is going to be your test keeper uh his batting uh is is a bit of a question mark for me uh but but it was interesting to see that and then really i think uh, b grade are the upcoming guys i think uh, rahul umesh kuldeep chahal uh again no 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 point to kind of debate too much here for from my perspective and um, c grade is the one crore so like we said i think manish aksar uh, interesting to see karun nair in it i don't think he's played for a while especially since his spectacular triple 100 um raina parthiv and jayan so so this is a, it gives you a good a, a good kind of flavor of what the team's focus is going to be in the next 12 months i think by no means is this an exhaustive list i think there are still spots open uh for people to come in um but yeah but but that was my take uh, uh, very quickly on the contract proposals i don't know ashwin dj do you guys have anything to add yeah i can go first um so a couple couple of things to add from me um so i th- i thought you summarized it very well thank you um you know a couple of things that were surprises for me the first echoing what you said about saha saha being a grade you know he only plays one of the formats arguably hasn't been a huge contributor so that was the surprise for me but you covered that one already the second one was you know in we picked two quick bowlers in the b grade um that are uh, that haven't you know and that haven't really been high impact players and that's umesh and ishant and i think that's an interesting dilemma to have you know ishant arguably still played a little bit against south africa had a decent run um umesh hasn't played i don't remember the last time i saw umesh playing maybe it was the champions trophy he played a couple of games so um you know keeping that faith and having four full time quicks in addition to pandya because really with you have if you have bhuvi and bumra and pandya that's your three quick bowler spells So I thought that was the other one that was a little bit of a surprise. Um and then the the last one for me was Manish. I think Manish showing up in the I you know you will you if you haven't heard already you'll see it across the next few episodes of this that I'm a fan of Manish Pandey. I think he's got lots of great potential. I think having him in the C grade with one crore sort of sends him a little bit of a message. We talked last time about why Dhoni was shouting and cursing at him and maybe you know this is a little bit self-evident that they're not giving him the 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 sort of contract and the rate and the deal that i think he deserves based on uh, his performance so that's it for me i think interesting uh, selection dj any closing thoughts on this one dj any 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 thought on where shami is i didn't see him in this uh, kind of oh, list. apparently uh, shami is in trouble <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was part of the discussion but then the news broke right during the week that uh, he's got some legal trouble brewing with his uh, on the domestic front so um what's that space um i'm as you know i'm not a massive fan of of mohammad shami i think he's overrated in, in some ways uh but obviously he's got he's, he's got kind of personal issues ongoing at the minute um the bcci has had him on the list um but apparently decided to um put that on ice while um, his legal issues are sorted with his uh, with, with his spouse um so i think watch that space um dhoni not being the other person uh, actually to talk about is kumble anil kumble was involved in this new contract structure oh was uh, he it was kumble uh, kohli and dhoni that got together at the beginning uh so the only one who ends up with the a plus contract is kohli because kumble is gone and um, <laughs> obviously dhoni is a 
Um, I mean, Dhoni doesn't play all four formats. But what I found interesting, actually, guys, which you didn't mention, was Rohit Sharma being indispensable in all three formats. Is that true? No, and I think I think that's the case. I think in tests he doesn't play, but he's always part of the squad. But um, well, he much, drinks pretty well, doesn't he? <laughs> as much as we like him or hate him, honestly, um, you you've heard me say this before. Linking back to our previous topic, who is India's best six-hander today? Actually, there's only one name, and it is Rohit Sharma. That's actually okay. true, but you don't need him in test matches, right? Yeah, no, not for tests. And that's what I'm saying. I think basic new category A plus was you're indispensable. In all three formats, yeah, uh, and and that's true, and and that's why I'm saying it is surprising he's not in the playing eleven for for all the tests. Um, but look, the Indian team or the selection committee clearly sees something in them. Even in South Africa, the first two tests he was chosen ahead of Rahane. So mm -hmm. sometimes there are these uh, one-off decisions that probably you can't understand. But um, yeah, it, it 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 is a bit of a surprise to me as well. You know, I just to close the thought on Rohit, I think. You know, if I was a selector, I'd see him almost as that sort of Gale type of wild card, which is sure he doesn't perform as consistently as a Kohli or even a Dhawan, but when he does, he 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 wins the match for you, right? When he does go big in in ODIs, he's getting those double centuries. Um, when he does bat well in T20s, he's batting at 200 plus strike rate. So, if, you know, maybe the decision is, hey, we have a few reliable guys. Dhawan's proving pretty reliable in both, in all three formats. Pujara's great in tests. Kohli's pretty good. Let's have the one wild card uh, because he's the only one of these who can really single-handedly win a match when he comes good. So, okay, interesting. So that's kind of it. The big news I think on the contracts was uh, was Dhoni and Shami uh, not making the list. Uh, but, I mean, the, the explanation then given, I think, justified it for Dhoni, uh, whereas Shamir, obviously, uh, pending resolution of his issues. Um, anything else on that, guys? Uh, Rena is obviously back in the fold, which is uh, something Gordon is pretty pleased about, I would imagine. Um, I guess he needs a bit of time, but yeah, it's good to see him back in the mix. Is it is it a step back, Ashwin? Do you think it's uh, we're taking a step back instead of looking into the future? I, I I don't personally think we are. I think it comes back to what we talked about five, six, seven. I think he's a sort of specialist um, at what he does. He can he can finish. So I'm okay with it. I'm excited to see what happens for him this year in the IPL and how he's able to perform because he's been he's been more reliable than the the backups we've tried. So I, I think it's okay. You know, I'm just teasing, Varun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and I, I think my I think that's that's the topic of on kind of BCCI contracts and stuff. The last uh, topic, and this is the one that I'm really interested in, is in what happened between Warner and Decock. Um, so just to give our listeners and viewers a little bit of background, the first test match um, between South Africa and Australia in Durban uh, concluded last uh, last week. Um, Australia won by. Um, a decent margin, not before they got a scare from a partnership between Markram and uh, Decock. Decock ended up on, did he end up with 91 or, um, I think he ended up with 91 or, or 90s. Um, but what actually made the news and distracted from Australia's win again on South African soil was uh, a confrontation in the um, dressing room this time. And this time they had CCTV, so, uh, but no sound. So we couldn't hear what happened. Uh, so the way it unfolded basically was they apparently there had been a bit of needle on the field after A.B. De Villiers was run out in brackets again uh, in a crunch situation. Um, and Warner, uh, who affected the run out fielding at uh, short fine leg, 
celebrated a bit effusively. Um, a few choice words were spoken. Obviously, De Villiers didn't engage; he just walked off. He's he's far too classy for all of that stuff. Um, but it all it kind of continued, spilled over, and um, it ended up with a face-off on the stairwell leading up to the dressing rooms, where um, who was it? Was it Usman Khaja had to hold uh, Warner back? Tim Payne and, and uh, yeah. yeah, and. Um, Warner was just letting rip at the cock. The cock looked pretty chilled about it all, just walking in. Faf turned up in his uh, his lungi, um, which is not <laughs> the surprise. <laughs> lungi. Um, so Faf turned up in his, and um, Rabada looked pretty threatening. But it it all apparently there was a line that had been crossed. Um, but now that brings us to the question: What is this line? Who draws this line? Who owns the line? Is it the Australians who say we will headbutt the line, but we will not cross it? What is the line? And we've written about this on our blog a number of times, I think. Um, so if you want to read anything about this, go to onetiponehand.com. And you, our views are fairly like clear on this point. Cricket is not a contact, contact sport. It's it should not be. It should not encourage overpeeling, aggressive celebrations. I mean, we we see our Indian captain doing it all the time, but. Somehow it didn't spill over into what happened with the uh, with the Australians, and the Australians are nearly always engaged in this. And Warner is leading from the front, and Ashwin's going to uh, show us some of his previous altercations. Um, there was the speak English altercation with Rohit Sharma, which is uh, just casually racist, to be absolutely clear. Um, there was the Joe Root punch up in a bar walkabout, uh, which led to him being demoted. Uh, he fought with a wicketkeeper. He's basically he's an antagonist. He's no longer the saint or whatever they called him. And um, yeah, he's taken his demerit points. Um, and I mean, it, it's all a bit depressing. It distracted from the win, and everybody just talked about this. So, guys, what are what are your thoughts on uh, the whole episode and the and the saga, the Warner de Cock saga? Avarun, do you want to kind of tell us your Thoughts on that first? I think uh, I think my personal perspective is I'm always going to be biased about this because I've grown up watching Australia push the line, create the line, walk all over the line. So um, I'm always going to be uh, biased against it. What I do want to say is that I think um, I, I really do believe in, especially in Warner's case, is that if you're willing to give it, you have to be willing to take it. Uh, and by no means is this uh, to us acceptable on the field or off the field. But uh, but really, if you're, if you're going to be the guy who's always up in controversy, I think at some point you need to take a look in the mirror and say that, uh, it, you know, why why is it me that has got a problem with uh, each and every person? And I mean, we did we did uh, joke about this in one of our WhatsApp conversations that he seems to take a liking to some of the young, uh, more pretty boys, as we called it, um, Joe Root. So, so I, I'm not sure what uh, what Warner's thinking. Was an exception to that. Which I'm a definite exception. Um, yeah, but but I just think if you're willing to give it, you've got to be uh, willing to take it as well. Australia have always crossed the line. Um, I, you know, I saw an interview with Faf also recently, and Faf basically was reiterating the point that that he doesn't believe that his team plays the kind of cricket that uh, needs to use this um, sledging or mental games to to win a game. So, so yeah, I think I think my stance is pretty clear. It's uh, Australia have always crossed the line, and I think uh, I think they'll be willing to take it. Ashwin, anything to add? Yeah, no, I, I I echo that completely. I think because 
they want to give it. I mean, the stories from Glenn McGrath, right? He would just talk shit for four hours, nonstop while bowling in a test match. And then one person says one thing back and he just loses his mind, starts charging at that. So I, I think it's the same thing. I don't love that this is happening in cricket. You know, I read an article the other day that says somehow this seems to only happen in cricket. It is even within Australia, right? Rugby, Aussie rules, football, they're all sort of seen as slightly classier sports where, yeah, they're, they're rough around the edges, but there's no like sledging and smack talking the entire time but i agree with the rule i think you know Kohli's an example of somebody i've said this before i don't remember what instance but when somebody was was over aggressively celebrating at Kohli's wicket i said that he has to be okay with it he just has to be okay with it he over aggressively celebrates even a number 11 batsman's wicket and he has to be okay when they do the same so i think the same thing applies um warner can't you know talk smack for four hours and then decide as soon as wherever this imaginary line that DJ mentioned is draw is crossed, then he's going to charge at him. I think either way, verbal on verbal is is different to getting physical. So I think he has to be able to control that. If he wants to talk smack back against Decox, um, you know anything else, anything personal, that that's fair game. Now Decox opened himself up to that, but you know not having the temperament and deciding to charge at him and your teammates have to hold you back, that's just silly and a little bit infantile. The whole the whole argument was oh it got personal because he mentioned my wife or whatever right but you had that famous instance where I think it was Rod Marsh that uh, told Ian Botham house house uh, your wife and my kids and then uh, Ian Botham said wife's fine but the kids are not <laughs> so I mean it it's they've they've done it I mean Sarwan's uh, had to blow up with McGrath. Even Sachin is sledged McGrath in Nairobi in, in like 2000, the ICC uh, knockout uh, tournament that we had, mini World Cup or whatever it's called that. So it's it's the same characters that keep getting involved. What I, and I, what I find amazing now, in, in not just Australian cricket, but world cricket, is that whenever there's a, there's a wicket, there's a send-off and there's this and that. I mean... Just celebrate your your victory or your or your wicket by yourself. I mean, you see people score a goal in football; they don't go and scream in the goalie's face, right? Yeah. It's the equivalent of doing that. When the goalie can't do anything, the events happen, and then you're just rubbing it in for for. I mean, it's it's one of the things even footballers don't do. And football is a contact sport. You have, uh, I mean, all sorts going on there. But it's one of the things that doesn't happen. It's it's just a it's quite a weird dynamic I find that's building in world cricket these days. And I mean, last point on this, I think it's I think the fact that it's a non-contact sport is the reason why this is happening. I think there's too much uh, pent up frustration, and there's there's really no way to take it. Uh, there's, there's no way to take it out. I think the other thing is not just a contact sport. I think it's a game that is uh, so highly dependent on skill. Um, I mean. It's, it's almost like kind of golf in a way where you have to be mentally on for like eight hours in a day straight. Uh, I think anything that can rattle your mental state will affect your game. And I think that's the reason uh, this started. So, so I think it's the non-contact as well as the highly skill, uh, skills required to play this game that actually have forced uh, the over-aggressive celebrating, the sledging, etc. Yeah, I think that wraps up three big topics that we wanted to talk about. Um, Anything else, guys, in the offing? Uh, the IPL is obviously coming up. So what are we excited about? I can go first on that one. I think, you know, yeah, just four weeks from yesterday. So I have a countdown, counting down <laughs> to when April 7th is here. Exciting to, exciting times. The IPL is coming up on, upon us. I think the one thing I'm excited about this year, and it's sort of a broad a broad statement, but is, is the captains. And there's three in particular I highlighted. 
one is Gautam Gambhir. We talked briefly about it last week, but returning to Delhi, you know, he's it's almost that emotional last few he, he, it's his emotional farewell whether it lasts a year three years five years who knows but it's you know for football fans it's Wayne Rooney returning to Everton for his last few seasons it's you know Gambhir talked about he talked about it before the auction he said I'm a Delhi guy I'd love to I you know I've kept in Delhi in the Ranji Trophy many years of my career I would love to come and end my career at Delhi and and they made it work so Gambhir captaining Delhi is exciting for me and then two new captains we're going to see two new Indian captains right um Ravi Ashwin at Kings XI Punjab and Dinesh Karthik at Calcutta. Both, you know, very decorated players in the domestic, at the domestic level. Um, I'm excited to see what they bring to their new, fr- their new franchises. So I'm excited about the two new captains and Gambhir's return home. Okay. I'm sorry, guys, I can't pick one. This is, uh, <laughs> this is the greatest two months of the year for me for the last 11 years. So, um, yeah, I'm just too excited. I can't choose one. Uh, yeah, 60 days of non-stop cricket. I mean, yeah, life really can't get better than that. <laughs> okay, on that note, I think my my two... Uh, um, I'm excited about the return. Like Ashwin said, Gambhir returning to Delhi. I'm excited to uh, see Rajasthan Royals and CSK return to the fold after two years of isolation. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, big news for their fans. Um, the old firm is coming back together of... Uh, Dhoni and Rena. Um, exciting, exciting times, guys. And um, I'm excited for fantasy. That's that's going to be fun. Yeah. And DJ, don't worry. We'll we'll let you choose the side so that you can't complain this time. Yeah, well, I think we should play the official fantasy this time, guys. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think I think more on that. Let's do a little research and we'll talk a little bit about the official yeah. fantasy. Maybe yeah. we should uh, do a segment on which the best place to play fantasy is. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so maybe in a few weeks we will come up with that. And um, obviously, um, do send us your questions, do send us your comments. If we can make this better in any way, let us know. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes now. Um, just search for Edges and Sledges. Go to our blog. It's onetiponehand.com. We're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash onetiponehand. Uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, we've got our own channel there, so if you've missed this live, please do watch it there. Um, yeah, any 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 last thoughts, guys? That's it. We'll be back here in a week, and by then we'll know what's going on in the Nidahas T20 Tri-Series, so we'll wrap that up for you guys next week. Very good. Thank you, everyone. See you Bye. next week. Thank you. Good night. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled, but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at ivmpodcast.com. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. 
Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>